Mr. Robot Season 4, Episode 10, 410, Gone is Over. It's gone, you might even say, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by my good man, Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio, you cooking up uh, grilled cheeses, slinging grilled cheeses? You got cheeses on the menu? I want to know from you, Josh, are you team butter or team mayo if you're making a grilled cheese at home? It should come as no surprise to those who know me and my, my family situation at all uh, to know that I am uh, staunchly anti-mayonnaise as it is uh, an egg-based condiment and my wife is uh, allergic to the eggs. So out of, uh, out of solidarity with the great Emily Fox... I am. Uh, I'm typically anti mayo. So don't tell her. I'll team sneak butt. it. I'll sneak it in every once in a while. Yeah, oh. of course. Team butts. Team butts. You dirty little emulsion. Don't lover. tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. But I love. I like a good grilled cheese. Shout out to to Henry Public in my neighborhood in Brooklyn makes the best grilled cheese I've ever had. Uh, I've been there. Yeah, you have been there. It's a great grilled yeah. cheese. They make a little bit of the burnt ed- edges. They're good, and there's just some apples in there, and the cheeses are sharp. Uh, it's a fine grilled cheese served with great French fries. It's wonderful. Got to be honest, uh, not to not to yuck Dom's yum, but uh, that grilled cheese looked fine. Yeah, and a, a couple times it looked a little, maybe a little well done. Uh, if you like your grilled cheese, uh, I like, like my grilled cheese. Might. I like my grilled cheese a little well done, so I wasn't mad at that. I just like for that to be like the grilled cheese. It's just like what American cheese. Like that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. This has been Grilled Cheese Talk, sponsored by Henry Public. Thank you for tuning in to Post Show Recaps. Oh, gosh. I mean, well, what else are we talking about, Mr. Robot, this week? Nothing happened, Antonio. Was, oh, you're trying to trigger <laughs> I'm me. trying to trigger you. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so we are a couple days late here talking about 410 Gone, baby. Gone. Uh, the uh, the anti-penultimate episode of Mr. Robot is the, is, the, is the really cool way of describing this episode of Mr. Robot that's very light on the Elliot Alderson of it all very heavy on the Dom Di Piero, the Darlene Alderson, even a bit of Leon for good measure. Some Irving in the house, Bobby Cannavale, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, slinging books, if not grilled cheeses, at Logan Airport uh, of all places. Uh, and we're getting in this episode some closure, I would say, anyway, on uh, certainly uh, Dom's storyline, if not also mostly closure on Darlene's storyline as well. Though I know that there is some uh, some debate on these points around the Mr. Robot community. And who are we to say that we know definitively one way or the other? But I think that, Antonio, you and I shall talk through exactly what it is we got here in 410. Because I think at the very least, it was a surprising episode in that we we just executed the hack against the Deus group. Um, we left that episode wondering what the hell is coming next uh, if we if, if mission is accomplished uh, and and all the money has been has been robbed of the, of the Deus group and White Rose seems to be as cornered as she is, then where are we going with four hours left on the board and this is an episode that barely deals at all with with Elliot. So what did you think of this? Was it a surprise to you? Where have you landed uh, outside of Budapest? Where have you landed with 410 Gone? It plays differently each time you watch it, obviously. Uh, the first time that I watched it, and I'm sure this was the experience for everyone else, you're just trying to figure out, like, okay, what's going to happen? Is this going to happen? Are we going to get a clue to this? What's what's this scene going to be? Uh, and when characters start popping up, like Leon and like Irving, um, there's the concern and the fear of the Dark Army. And then when Carly Rae Jepsen starts playing, it's a different type of show and a different type of feeling. 
And then by the end, you're like, wait, so nothing happened in that regard. So nothing like dramatic in terms of like a horrible happened. Uh, what we got was what you said, a lot of closure, which I guess at this point in the series is a lot better than the opposite. I guess is the opposite opener. I don't know, but Oper, we didn't get Oper, it. We didn't get any of that. We got closure on a storyline that we have been talking about as a possibility since the second season that we shipped as DDP that we talked about throughout and that came to fruition in the third season in a different way than we had anticipated. And that certainly has been featured throughout this season in different ways, um, specifically with the buttons that Janus was pushing when DDP, uh, when Dom uh, was was under uh, the control uh, and specifically when they were both uh, Darlene and Dom in the same room. Uh, we really hit a lot of those buttons about their relationship, even though we had seen previously in the season that Dom was still thinking about Darlene in her little private times uh, when uh, she when she wanted to take herself away from the stress of the day. That's where she went. She went to Darlene Alderson. Uh, and Darlene has, in her own way, uh, been searching for something and clearly still has been carrying a little bit of a torch for Dom. Uh, and it probably wasn't something that was just a one-night thing. So... Uh, it makes sense that before the end of this season, and considering we have in many ways seen the end of the larger storyline of the Deus group, and what do we do with the top 1% of the 1% and all of that, uh, it makes sense over these next four episodes that we're going to be closing these doors, that they took an entire episode to do this with Darlene and Dom did not rub me the wrong way. The first time I watched it, I admit, I felt like, okay, uh, the larger story uh, was not really, the loops weren't closed. We didn't find out much more about the machine, although we have a little bit to talk about there. We didn't find out anything about what happened to White Rose. I would have maybe liked to have seen at least one scene in this episode uh, pertaining to that, other than the fact that she was doxxed as Minister Zhang and that the public now knows the dual identity. But I guess the second time I watched it, knowing that none of those things were coming, I really was able to focus on what I was watching and really take it in on the level that it was, I think, intended to be taken in on or that it sinks in better on a second watch. And then what I got when I watched it was I got a really great scene of Darlene distributing the money. I got to see Darlene uh, give what she might think was the last time she would say goodbye to her brother and Elliot be the one who initiated the hug. Uh, and then I got to see Darlene later give a similar goodbye to DDP in which Darlene starts almost sobbing. And that's a very different reaction than what she had with Elliot, uh, where she was emotional, but not nearly as choked up. So I got to see a lot of these really good scenes and take them in on that level without expecting another shoe to drop. And I liked the episode better the second time I watched it. Uh, that last song still maybe didn't land as much for me. Uh, what about you? Were you? Yeah, that last song is thrilled? weird with like the running through the airport. And you're like, yeah, what? A very rom com. What right? am I watching? Like it, it really did feel like uh, it felt like the ending of Love Actually, <laughs> right? Like it feels like uh, uh, like future Jojen Reed running I was through just the airport. Say Jojen Reed, you know, and just like. So Slip, slipping past security and getting uh, eaten by the the children of the forest. No, that's not what Jojen happened. Jojen paste. Jojen paste. Uh, yeah, it felt it felt a little odd. Uh, look, I I don't think that this is gonna land on my list of favorite episodes of Mr. Robot. I think for some people it, it actually will, uh, and that's awesome. That's 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 great for those yes. people. Um, I I more than more than I it may it may be an episode that grows on me a lot. I have no idea. We'll see. We'll see. The deeper uh, we go into the future and the further away we get from the airing of the show um but but more than i liked the episode i really liked what it was aiming for um and i really liked where it landed 
Uh, I think that's where I've landed on it so far. I think that the pacing's a little strange. I know Brendan Fitzpatrick wrote into us and said, what's with the pacing this episode? Is it intentional? It feels very off. Um, and I, there's, there's other reactions that are kind of, of of a similar ilk. Just Joe had written in and said, I'm happy for the people that like Dom, but I've had zero interest in the Dom character for day one. So obviously this episode for me was a, a little bit of a waste of time. Um, and I, and I hear that and I get that, uh, from some people. But then there are the other people who are saying, like Ted Spencer wrote in and said, I feel like you can judge the greatness of a show based on its filler episodes. Mr. Robot is a great show. Uh, and Liam had this great piece of feedback. A more yeah, Liam's is great. A more low-key episode and a frustrating ending on first viewing. But I think it was actually perfect. Uh, Dom DiPiero wanted to stay, but needed to go. And Darlene wanted to go, but needed to stay. They helped each other realize that they need to take care of themselves first. Uh, and maybe it was like reading reading the episode literally in those words from Liam that helped it click for me of exactly where where we wound up by the end of this hour of I I do feel like Dom and and Darlene ended exactly where they needed to end if not for the entire series then certainly for now and my my feeling is that this is where we're going to end full stop for Dom I know that there's like the, oh, she's going to die in a plane crash and it's all over for Dom. I would be shocked if we got anything like that. We've got three hours left. They just dedicated an hour to Dom and Darlene. I think the vast majority of their stories are wrapped, or at least certainly Dom's. Um, and I think that you can you can kind of see the pattern along the way throughout this final season that this has happened a few times. Characters have taken a final bow and they've had like real standout episodes along the way. Um, Angela is only involved in the one scene in the premiere, but what a scene. One of the best performances in the entire right. series uh, coming our way from Portia Doubleday in that first scene of the season. Um, think about the the Terrell episode is a big goodbye. The Fernando uh, Vera episode is a very big goodbye. Uh, we just got one with Philip Price. Uh, and here I think we get our version of that with Dom. And finally... It's one that's non-fatal, which is nice, <laughs> you know? It's one where somebody actually gets to get out of here, which is always uh, something that, that upsets me greatly about uh, some of the shows that I've, I've loved along the way. I've always uh, thumbed my nose at 24 for this very reason. It's like, you really can't let anyone just go home? Like, if someone has to leave the show, you just have to, like, miserably kill them. That's the only way off of 24. What the hell? Uh, and so I, 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 I'm hoping and praying that we finally got that here, uh, and we got it with Dom actually getting to, to leave the the country and actually get some freaking sleep um and i expect that that's what we got i don't imagine that we just spent a full hour really in the head of that person putting her on a plane to budapest so she's literally going to be up in the sky for the next several hours only to cut back to her for a really tense plane crash scene what kind of sense is that going to make only to cut back to her to have like dark army operatives on the plane assassinating her and she has to like go full liam neeson nonstop on them or whatever the hell that movie was uh no that's is that the Liam who sent in the feedback? That's the Liam who sent in the feedback. Okay. I was quite taken with it. Uh, you know, like, I don't think that we're going to get that. I, I think what we got is we got a, a, a curtain call for Dom DiPiero, somebody who's been so doggedly invested in this fight for, you know, three seasons, uh, has had her life flipped upside down and not in like the cool, fresh Prince way. Uh, and like actually gets to just like 
go on vacation. Maybe, maybe connect with some people. Uh, for her, she really needed to disconnect. A lot of this show is about connection, right? And reconnecting with your humanity. But even with, with Darlene tossing Alexa across the room and killing Alexa, uh, like if that's not the apt metaphor for what Dom's whole ending to me seems to be about, it's like sometimes you're just too into it. Sometimes you just got to pull the plug. Sometimes you just got to go on vacay. Sometimes you got to get off Twitter. Sometimes you got to get off of your, your freaking Echo Dot or whatever the hell it is that you're playing Faith Hill on. Uh, and Dom got that, and I'm thrilled for her. And I, I love that that's where we ended up with it. And if the lesson after all that is, and then when you do do that, you will be killed in a plane crash. That would suck. And I don't think that that's what Sam Esmail is going to do. I think there's right. a, I think there's too much business on the board anyway. And is I think there that, too much board on the business, though. There may the be a little bit too much board on the business, but I haven't weighed that with my, I haven't, I haven't busted out the scale on that. The, uh, yeah, no, I probably no surprise agree with you about the just no get into a fight with me the design of the the story is such that if you wanted to kill ddp uh and you could give dom the hero's death when she pulls the knife out uh and no you don't you keep her alive why so we can have this episode and then do the plane crash thing but with her and not darlene uh which is the person that's been theorized about the whole time uh, I guess that's possible if people wanted to follow that breadcrumb trail. I think what we're dealing with here more likely uh, is trolling. Uh, it's trolling by a creator who we know follows Reddit, who we know follows the theories, who we know engages with the show on that level. This is a show that has had an open ARG throughout uh, and has encouraged its viewers to participate in the meta of the show and to participate in analyzing the background. Elliot has openly invited us at times to look around the room with him and to tell us what, or tell him what we see. So we have played a role in this show. Hello, friends. We are in it. And the creator knows that. The creator has engaged on that level. So, of course, Sam Esmail is aware of the plane crash theories. And I think a lot of the bait that people are seeing in this episode or are reacting to in this episode is probably is just that. It's bait. It is uh, trolling. It is a little head nod to the people who have been participating. And you can do it both ways. Like, you can have it so that this is a figurative ending for Dom without it being her literal ending. The plane right. doesn't, we don't know if the plane crashes or not because it ends before, you know, we, we fade out with the flight noises. Uh, we may actually find out at some point whether this plane crashes or not, or we may not. Uh, I'm wondering if you think there is a world, Josh, where sometime in episode 13, we get into the end of the show and there's some kind of epilogue where we see Darlene finding a Dom somewhere in the world. Sure, but I hope not. I hope not. Uh, I think that there's 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 bigger fish to fry uh, emotionally, even like I think that everything that you ever needed to get on screen out of Dom and Darlene, I think we got uh, over the course of Mr. Robot and certainly here in this episode. I think the much bigger relationship now for Darlene is actually twofold. Uh, primarily, it's to herself. Uh, and that was such a powerful scene with her in the bathroom at the end at the airport and having the panic attack. Uh, and, you know, a shout out to a lot of people who wrote into us about, um, about like really feeling like the resonance with, with the anxiety there. Uh, Fitz, I see you, man. Uh, you know, lots of people who wrote in and, and, and talked about that. Uh, and certainly for me, I'm pretty open about the fact that that's, that's shit that I deal with on, on, on the regular. And that really resonated with me. Um, Darlene's got a, Darlene's got a, 
figure out how to like herself, right? Like she's got to figure out how to live with herself. And that's been something that she's been working on all season. Um, you know, that was the, the jam sesh with Tobias a few weeks ago. Uh, that that was really where she netted out on that, where he's like, you gotta, you gotta be able to worry about you. So that's, that's relationship number one. But relationship number two, of course, is Elliot and how, uh, she can be there for her brother, whether that's because He's going to need an assist at Washington Township um, or because he's going to need an emotional assist after Washington Township, whatever is about to come his way next. Right. Um, so right. I think that there's just there's more to do there than there is with Darlene and Dom still, unless we're getting like a montage and it's like the basket case thing. And you see like Dom and Darlene on the stoop of their house somewhere in like the far distant future. But that seems that's a little too Harry Potter for Mr. Robot. You know, like I think like I I think Wait we, till the show's over and Sam Asmail will continually go on talk shows for the next decade and write the <laughs> epilogue page by page. Yeah. You know, I don't think that we're getting like a, we may get a time turner, I guess, but I don't know that we're going to get uh, I don't think that we're going to get the, the 30 plus years into the future. And uh, Albus Severus Alderson, here's why your your namesakes are so cool. Uh, you know, I don't think we're, <laughs> no, we're going to get anything. Philip <laughs> Leon Philip Phillips Alderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the person you get your second name from was a real a-hole, yeah. uh, but he came through in the end. And yeah, Leon, yeah. of course, your uncle Leon is a badass. <laughs> yep. Then now go get your sister Angela and take them through <laughs> platform nine yeah. and one and one point one percent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I don't no, think so. I, and so if that's not the case, and and I there's there's certainly room to do something like that, and then shows. Uh, like Parks and Recreation or Six Feet Under, famous for uh, finales, which flash forward into the the time of uh, the show, and we see ultimately what happens with the characters that we've known to or grown to know and love. Um, we don't have many characters left on the board here, so Darlene obviously is important to the end game of this show in a different way. She was never getting on that plane, and the reason she was never getting on that plane is because she has plane armor in a way. Uh, she has don't get on plane armor in that. She she has been mentioned as the one who we need to help trigger the other, uh, trigger the third personality to wake them up. She is the key, as was mentioned at the beginning of last episode. So that being the case, she was never getting on that plane. And since she was never getting on that plane, we put her in a position where we could get the most character mileage out of why she was never getting on that plane. Even though story-wise, it's not really her decision, uh, that die is cast by the narrative that has been created, uh, we got the character reason for her not getting on that plane in its maximized, best, purest form. And I think that uh, is a real positive of the episode, because as you point out, uh, this is something she's been dealing with all season, not just all season, really all series in In It One, uh, when she mentions to Elliot, it's Halloween night and In It One, I really need you. I need another person around here. Throughout the series, she's been essentially homeless. We don't have any idea where Darlene even lives. She seems to sleep wherever she decides to fall down, uh, whether that's with Cisco or with Elliot or with Angela or wherever she can find a place uh, to sleep. The only time I remember her having a home uh, was when she was working with the FBI. So again, something in close quarters with another party uh, and really controlled by and in a relationship directly with them. So she's never been a person who's been able to be on her own. That's never been a part of her 
on this show for her to make that affirmative choice here, even though she had the plot plane armor, I think is a, a great way to deal with the fact that the, the show put themselves in that position where she was never getting on that plane. Uh, her making the choice not to do it and her affirmatively telling the woman in the bathroom, I can take care of myself. After the conversation she just had with Dom, I think really powerful, of course, incredibly well acted by all the parties involved. Um, Carly Chaikin is just doing a phenomenal job on this show of capturing all the emotions of Darlene. Uh, in this episode, she is as high as high can be when the the money is d- distributed to everybody uh, in the world. Yes, really. yes, yes. And I in think a we great should, way. We should talk about that because I think that's the standout scene yeah. of the episode is we wondered what was going to happen with all that money, all that cash. And now we know uh, if you had an e-coin wallet, at least uh, you got your e-coin wallet got a little fatter. Uh, if you did not have an e-coin wallet, as that one person on Twitter, oh. apparently there's a screenshot where it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, didn't work out so great for that one person. Uh, but if you had an e-coin wallet, uh, you, you, you got paid. Yeah. And I'm sure this wasn't the intent of the show to sort of endorse us embracing these like ubiquitous products like, oh, if you had an Alexa, you got a bonus, so you better have an Alexa. But that is the the takeaway here is that the only way they were able to directly redistribute this money is through eCoin and that eCoin had become such a standard, which we're reminded in the previously on with Jack, Jack! Uh, Philip Price, uh, that eCoin is, is dominant and that the eCoin strategy was going to work for Philip Price. It, it, thank God it did because it put everyone in a position to get this wealth redistributed to them. How much was redistributed? The show does not make this directly clear, obviously. I know that's a question that's on a lot of people's minds. There's a really good uh, post on Reddit by user BubbleSort uh, from yesterday uh, doing the math on the Season 4, Episode 10 e-coin transaction um, that really goes deep on uh, the various permutations of these things. Uh, if it was Bitcoin, how long it would take, uh, and the effects of a redistribution of wealth uh, loosely that it would have. Would there be hyperinflation? Um, what would happen here? I think the upshot is how much money each person got really depends on how many eCoin wallets they were able that that F Society uh, was loaded that up to. Yeah. Into. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. How does that how does that net out? There, there's this Reddit post that you've that you've yeah. So 7.6 billion people in the world. If every single person in the world got a distribution of this money, which uh, the money that the the, the user uh, the user Bubble Sword is basing this on um, comes from the most wealthy people in the world, uh, and how much that is, and, and they've determined the pool from there, somewhere between uh, like around three and nine trillion dollars. Uh, so taking the low number of that, if you go with like 2.7 trillion. And you're distributing some of that money 7.6 billion ways. It's only 355 bucks each. Now, I think it was going to be, I think it was more than so that. Buy, buy like a, you know, Nintendo DS. Yeah, no, Switch, Switch, even. Switch yeah. yeah. Hell, I would definitely recommend that. Get Stardew Valley as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, Let's say it's 1.21 billion, uh, which is the, the developed world. Um, if that's 1.24 billion people, if you want to do that at the low number of the wealth, 2.7 trillion, we're talking about 2,200 bucks. Uh, and then if you, you know, take money. it out and do, let's say United States only, 327 million, uh, which we know is not the case. But if you do that at the low end of 2.7 trillion, talking about $8,252. So, these are all just made up numbers because we don't really know a how much money was taken and b how many people it was distributed to. But let's just say my guess is it's somewhere somewhere south of twenty thousand dollars, but north of five thousand. 
Okay. In terms of what everyone got. In terms of what everyone got. It'd be nice yeah, because- to wake up on the day or two after Christmas. I know we don't know exactly where we are. I think we think like 1226, 1227, somewhere in there. Uh, certainly long enough that Dom's had surgery. So I would say like maybe 1227 feels good to me. Yeah. Um, that uh, you look two days after Christmas and you get 20K bonus. Not bad. It's pretty great. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty great. Uh, redistribution of wealth is awesome. I'm all for it. But uh, the Robin Hood and these MFs. The uh, it was. And that really- looks like uh, that. That feels like that's reflected on the faces of everybody at the rest stop, right? Like that looks like yeah. a twenty thousand dollars smile. I don't it think wasn't that's a three hundred and fifty dollars like, yeah, smile. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a three hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> smile. I think it's like, oh crap! I just got twenty thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? But it also wasn't like, uh, I just got. Two million dollars. Like, you know, was it like insane? Uh, it feels, it feels like 20K it feels realistic for the reactions we got. It definitely does. So somewhere in that realm, I don't think it was, you know, a million dollars a person. I don't think it was a hundred thousand, but I think it was a, a nice chunk of money, uh, that everybody got. And the, the thing is that that is, uh, that is a really good ending to all of this. Uh, and, I don't think we're going to deal with at this point um, what the post gets into a little bit uh, in terms of what the after effects of that would be. Because, of course, what will happen <laughs> is these people will all buy things. Uh, they will all pay some debt down. Um, they will all just use that money to go on vacation. The money will make its way right back to the same people who had it is what I'm getting at. I mean, that's very Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where it's a vicious cycle. I eat because I'm hungry. Uh, I eat because I'm upset and I'm upset because I eat. It's a vicious cycle. Exactly. Yeah, it is. But, but I don't think we're going to deal with that. I think what we saw is the end of the money story. And I think it was a really good end of the money story. I think it was shot really well. Uh, I think it was beautiful. It was great. That's Connecticut. Like I want to go to wherever that was. I've never been there. Ah, well, we have some, uh, we have some information about where that was actually. It was not Connecticut, believe it or not, Josh. It is uh, somewhere you could probably get to within a a short period of time. Uh, I believe that it was filmed. Um, the exact name of the dam is Kensico Dam. Uh, Kensico Dam. Yeah. Kensico Dam. I went to high school with Kensico. Oh, did you really? Yeah, well, so I didn't realize they built Westchester a dam. Westchester County, yeah. Ah, Westchester. Okay, Westchester so County. that's not too far upstate. I'm actually going to Westchester uh, in just a couple of days here. Maybe I'll go and put a, a pay Ken Sicko a visit. Yeah, check out Ken Sicko. Uh, he's pretty cool. The the deal with that, that is, of course, it is made to seem like it's Connecticut. Uh, it is not. That, of course, is not Boston Logan Airport either. That is JFK. Uh, we had uh, a funny comment uh, from uh, Laurel who wrote in and said, humble bragging, that damn is something I designed. Whoa. I screamed at the TV. I felt like a rock star. LOL. Uh, and it's really funny. Uh, she when, when she tweeted uh, to us, she said, how excited can you be when your damn job is featured on Mr. Robot? And she <laughs> wrote D-A-M. Uh, and at first, I didn't get it. And then I I did, and I left. It's like literally, um, literally your damn job. Good job, yeah. Laurel. <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's really fun. Laurel uh, yeah, Jeanette, but, so but good I, job. Yeah, that was I, that's really cool. I mean, I, honestly, yeah. if uh, if if you were to show my job on Mr. Robot, uh, <laughs> I would not cheer. So there you are. I don't know what would my job being shown on Mr. Robot look like. Uh, just sitting. I mean, sometimes it looks like it. You're sitting in a corner on a floor typing away at a thing. That's basically, <laughs> By yourself, it. yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, that's, yeah, so true. that's Sometimes true. interviewing someone. Dom does some of that. Oh, you play the land of Ecadelia with people? Oh, shut up, Antonio. Don't want to talk about that at <laughs> Speaking all. Speaking of interviewing people. But no, the, uh, scene, yeah. the scene was really wonderful, right? Like the big kiss between uh, Darlene and Dom be, to be like, just enjoy the moment. I don't care if we're being watched. And there is the tension of like, 
are they being watched? And of course, we're going to come to find out that no, they're not. Uh, and we're going to get that information, I think, twofold. One, because Leon is so laid back, right? Like he's like so chill about everything. He's like, I'm working for Elliot now and uh, no chatter about any of this. Everything's fine. And I just got to pee out all of my Mountain Dew or whatever it was he was drinking his code, code red. red. Yeah. Uh, and then Irving's at uh, Logan, and oh yeah, that you just sort of poo pooed that, or you just downplayed it. You know, Irving's at Logan. Antonio, far yeah. be it from me to to you know be like really for a Bobby Cannavale sighting here in the final season of Mister Robot with just a few episodes to go. Like this should be something that I'm blowing my top over. Uh, it just felt strange. If and I haven't been able to shake that. Like, I haven't been able to shift from, wow, that was so weird to like, that was amazing. I haven't been able to get there yet with the Irving scene where he's just like, he's in the he's in the Hudson News. That's where he's signing books. Yeah. Uh, also, that like Dom is seeing Beach Towel here for the very first time, hasn't heard about it at all, hasn't seen anything. Like, if Irving is so popular that there's like cardboard cutouts of Irving uh you know like next to the beach towel stuff like that's how like how much of a deal he is in the selling of this book and there's bobby bobby c with uh i'm not i i'm i think i'm on i'm back on wig watch for the stash right like that's like a paint on that's like a Groucho Marx. That's not real. <laughs> I didn't notice a uh, Henry Cavill uh, style. There. Yeah, no, it yeah. looks like it. Yeah, they didn't. They, it's like they like digitally added it instead of scrubbing yeah. it off. It doesn't look like it's legit. I don't know. It looked very. The whole thing looked. Very, it was. There was like a real uncanny valley quality to the Irving scene that, like, I feel. I still feel kind of like unsettled by. Well, you're and you're laughing about it, and I am too. But that I think adds to why people feel like, of course, that something bad is going to happen once the plane crashes, or why we felt that tension in the moment the first time. I think maybe though. I think maybe though, what it is instead, uh, certainly what I hope is that like happy things look weird on Mr. Robot. Yeah, that's a good observation. <laughs> you know, like... Success like, is unusual. We're not yeah, used to Yeah, like relative success. And yeah, like these are still depressed people and they still have a lot of shit that they're going to have to work out as they move forward in their lives. Like just the virtue of Dom Landing in Budapest doesn't mean that her life is going to be all hunky-dory moving forward, right? I mean, she is estranged from her family. She has no idea where they are. She's leaving America FBI is not going to be thrilled about that. She's traveling on a fake passport. She's got a lot of not just soul searching to do, uh, but she's going to be like Jack Bauer coming back to America after the end of season four. Like, how are you going to pop back up without causing a real fuss? Sorry to spoil the end of season four of 24, but yeah, Bauer leaves America and everyone thinks Bauer is dead. No one seems to think Dom is dead, but maybe she will be dead because her like lungs are going to fill up with air as she's flying in the sky because of the crazy thing that happened to her lung a few episodes. So who knows? Happiness is not easily attained here, but it's at least a happy-ish ending for the character right now. And hearing from Irving, who's a bad guy who put an axe through a dude at one point in time, and we got to see that up close and personal. He's not the best guy, but he's getting some success as well. The book seems to be selling well. He seems like he's not so hip to the Dark Army stuff anymore, but he's hip enough to know that Dark Army's all tuned up about something completely different, and Dom doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So that's pretty happy, too. And so this is what a happy ending looks like on Mr. Robot. Man, it looks weird. It looks so strange. (laughs) Not only does it look strange, Irving is literally covering his first name up on the book, and we don't even see what his first name is, and that is incredible. I believe it is uh, Kyrie. 
Kyrie, uh, yes, his shoulder is injured. Uh, that is really funny. That uh, Kyrie Irving, you just you just made a sports reference. Good Don't talk you. about it. Don't talk about it. Let's just let the moment pass and uh, enjoy it while we have it. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is it is weird uh, and it is weird probably because it's happy, but just the logistics of it. Like he got the novel finished and published relatively quickly, even though that's what he said he was going to do. It is unusual that it was done the way it was done, and then it's a bestseller. All those things are definitely odd. And like I said, I can understand why keeping all that uh, together or putting all that together in your mind, would you would start to think something crazy is going to happen. And earlier, you said that Leon was very laid back about all this and he's working with them now. And so we don't really feel like any there's anything to worry about. But Leon is saying we're in the land of RWAs. And since we're in the land of RWAs, there's dark army crawling all over the state of Connecticut. And we have to keep our backup. That's why we're going the back way, because there's dark army everywhere. And if that's the case, that's why the whole time I'm freaking out, because I'm like, okay, this episode seems surreal. There's weird things happening here. And of course, that Dom is triggered by Leon showing up, but I am too. And I'm wondering when Leon is talking and, for example, referencing certain things, I'm wondering if he's referencing things that if we're, if we look into him, have a double meaning. And he's telling her, for example, that, you know, look, I, I will go wherever the money takes me. Uh, now, hopefully that means because the money from the Dark Army has gone, we don't have to worry about Leon being for sale to someone else. Do you think that what we know about Leon at this point, let's just take for a second that Leon and Irving know, because Irving says, like, believe me, if they wanted you, I would know. He makes it a point to tell us that. Uh, And so the question I have is, is there a world in this show now where Leon, who has declared himself a mercenary, would take money to work against Elliot? So here's what I'll say to this. Uh, There are three hours remaining on Mr. Robot. Elliot has learned the truth about his father. He is primed to learn the truth about the machine, right? Like he is primed for the preview shows us a meet and greet with White Rose, uh, that that is on the menu. Um, only three hours remaining. And the final two hours of the show, uh, Sam Esmail has been very outspoken about the fact that it really matches the ending for the feature that he had in mind all along the way. Um, Add to that the fact that Dom, Darlene, and Leon took a road trip to Logan Airport in Boston, Massachusetts, which is, I would imagine, from Washington Township. If traffic is on your side, that is at best a four-hour drive, and I feel like I'm, I got my foot on the gas with that number. There's lead foot over here, uh, like Emily's uh, late grandmother, Lisey Lunt. Uh, this is, we're just like cruising uh, on, uh, on, on 90 at that point uh, to get back into town. Um, so I don't think that there is a room in the schedule for Leon to turn against Elliot just because of time. We've got three hours left. Uh, and also because of time, he's far away. Uh, he's far away from Washington Township right now. And I know we've talked about Canadian New York over the course of that Christmas day, and a lot of ground was traveled over, over the course of that Christmas day. But I don't imagine that we've got time for a, 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 another heel turn from Leon. If that is something that the show has on its mind for the final three hours... 
they better land that in a really artful way or in a way that's just like kind of an aside that's totally fine and fun and natural. But it's hard for me to picture that. I think that the the business that needs to be attended to is so much clearer to me that it's whatever is going on with the machine and Elliot making whatever choice he's going to have to make as it regards that. Um, and Elliot making whatever piece that he's able to make as it regards what's happening inside of himself. And that means confronting who he really is, whoever that is. I don't think that there's much room for Leon in that. And I think that this episode made it very clear that Leon is not like some other personality of Elliot's. Uh, the fact that Dom and Leon were able to have a scene alone together uh, certainly uh, destroys that notion for me. Um, so as much as I think that this was a curtain call uh, for Dom, I think that it was like a, a, a relative rap on Darlene, if not a full rap. I'm sure we will see Darlene again, but I can't imagine we're going to see a ton of her again. Um I think uh, it's also a wrap for Leon. I just can't. I, Im- I cannot imagine that there is anything more for Leon to do. I agree. Uh, I just, I just want to pull at the threads a little bit of the Irving scene being weird, not just because it's happy, and it's just such a random coincidence that Irving is in that airport at that time. If it were not a coincidence, my question is: Did the heel turn for Leon already happen? Is it mm-hmm. possible that he was working against Elliot uh, and and working for an employer who already had paid him more money? Uh, and that what we saw from Leon this episode was good, but his job was make sure they get to the airport, make sure they get there by a certain time, uh, and make sure their guards are down and they're feeling okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just wondering if there's a possibility because they don't get to that airport without Leon. Leon plays that role in this whole deal. And Leon is theoretically working with and for Elliot and Darlene. And that's on the surface what it seems like. Uh, but the question I have is if that wasn't what his job was, if he was indeed working with Elliot, with Irving and the Dark Army, and if Irving being there is just too coincidental and just too weird and he's there for another purpose, is is there even a world where Leon would work against Elliot at this point? And did we see it? No, not for me. Not for me. I don't think so. Uh, I think that that comes from... Uh, that's not the show that we've been watching, I don't think. Uh, and, and certainly if, if that is, if, if some version of that is what's happened, um, then I'll, I'll hitch my wagon to the, to the train that says this episode was a bit of a waste of time. Um, because you don't, you don't get any of that in this yeah. episode. Uh, so to leave this episode without getting any of that, this was, this episode builds a lot of tension up, uh, and the tension, um, releases in the form of the, the decisions that the, the two women at the heart of the story make. Uh, the decision to, to come back to the plane, uh, you know, ostensibly for Darlene and the decision to run away from the plane, uh, ostensibly for Darlene, <laughs> you know, frankly, uh, that Darlene like, is panicking and, and can't be there anymore. Um, those choices that lead Dom to abandon uh, her her life here in America and take a chance on herself and getting out of here and maybe you know throwing her hair down and and actually living a little bit uh, and this choice for Darlene to dig her heels in and stand her ground and learn to be comfortable just by herself and not have to lean on other people uh, and to recognize that the woman that she's looking at in the mirror is very strong and is capable of so much more than she typically gives herself credit for and so much more than that bravado that she that she presents uh that she could be both weak and strong at the same time and that weakness can be strength um is is so powerful and that's the tension uh, reliever right like that's the that's the point um, the point is you keep thinking all these awful things are going to happen to these characters and then they don't. In fact, the opposite happens. These characters rise to the occasion. Um, and 
if there was anything about Irving, like just being there to like make Dom feel comfortable, that's a hell of a way to make Dom feel comfortable. I think she felt pretty freaking weirded out by the whole thing, you know? And if Leon's job is to just drive them there so that they feel comfortable getting on the plane, it's a hell of a choice to make them feel comfortable is to get Dom in the, you know, in the Uber ride with the person who who shot a bunch of people in front of her in a barn and doesn't even remember it. Yeah, and then on the trip says, "Hey, we got to be careful. There's dark army everywhere." So, I don't know. I and, and I appreciate Antonio that you're playing uh, devil's advocate here because uh, yeah. I, I know I know it is truly the devil who believes this. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's the devil who believes it. <laughs> I thought that's uh, what you were inferring. That's not what I'm implying. But uh, we're in the end game now, folks, as Doctor Strange once said. Uh, and uh, a lot of money snapped out of the wallets of the Deus Group. But this whole thing's about to snap out of existence for us pretty soon. And what we got here this week, whether you liked it or not, and I'm fine if you didn't like it, uh, and I understand if you didn't like it, and I didn't love it all the way through, even though, I, again, I love the point. I think the point is... Um, this is a show about connection and what does that mean to certain individuals? And some people get disconnected uh, from the, the greater fabric of life and existence, as we have seen multiple times uh, throughout this series, people just getting headshot uh, or, or gut shot as it is for Terrell. Uh, and then other people who are finding, uh, you know, on their way out, out the door, on their way uh, to, to death's door, like Philip Price last week, finding connection with his daughter in the form of her friends who are still alive, right? Um, and here for Dom, I think Dom finds connection through disconnection. And for Darlene, she finds connection within herself. And that's what you're meant to get from this episode. That I think uh, Dom is literally gone in the sense that she leaves the country and Darlene's panic uh, attack is gone by the end of the episode. And not that she's free of anxiety because it don't work that way. Uh, I hate to say, uh, but that she is that, that some piece of her is, is free now is dislodged is gone. That's what it is. It's not like these two people are being like set up in the same way that we had that like Trenton and Mobley deal back in season two of like, where are they going and, and what's being built up here? Like that ended ominously, this didn't end ominously to me. This ended hopefully to me. I agree. And and I think you just put it so eloquently about the tension building up uh, and then not ultimately a bad thing happening, a good thing happening for these people. Dom finally being able to sleep is the final note of the episode. And I think that's great because it is mentioned, of course, throughout this episode. It is highlighted when Darlene says, I saw you sleep. Uh, and Dom says, you mean that night where I caught you trying to steal my badge? Yeah, I wasn't sleeping then. Uh, and she says she hasn't slept for five months. And Darlene so eloquently puts it, you hold on to so much. Uh, you can't let go. And no wonder you can't sleep. And then, of course, uh, the, she urges her to give herself a break. And that is ultimately what happens. And she falls asleep. I thought there's a lot of poetry in that. Like, I really appreciate what you're talking about. And I think that's why the episode, as I was talking about earlier, crystallized more for me on a second viewing when I was less worried about whether Leon was being on the level or whether he was when he talks about not interesting himself in, in the why, but more the where, the when, the how much when he's quoting uh, Three Days of the Condor. Um, nobody quoted Turbulence. It's a killer ride. But that was on my mind as well, Josh. Uh, so just all <laughs> right. that happening uh, and Leon talking specifically 
about how much of a business he was uh, and all of those things. And then the tension in the car uh, on the way because of the dark army crawling all around. And Darlene mentions it again when they're sitting there in public at the dam, like, I don't want to deal with all the paranoia now. And then we get to the airport. And then, of course, at the airport, we're dealing with Irving and we're dealing with the fact that this horrible dark army guy is just there being, oh, it's great to see you. How you doing? You know, yeah. uh, that's just weird. It's so hard strange, to man. <laughs> but the second time through... What what you realize the episode is about is what you, like I said, just so eloquently talked about with how all of that tension is built up because you think something bad's going to happen and then actually something good happens, defying expectations. Uh, it, it's it's really the episode succeeds on that level. Uh, and so ultimately, I like I said, really liked it more the second time I watched it. The Irving scene still very weird, still logically doesn't make the most sense. Uh, and he, he so he's, he says he's got a book tour stop in UMass. But then why is he at the Hudson News? And why is there a, a cardboard? Stand? Maybe he, he just landed here, right? He just got here. And he just set it up. So it's possible. Um, I mean, it's entirely possible. This guy just ha- it was just a it happened to run into Dom. Uh, it was a little weird when he says, uh, like, uh, believe me, I would know. He also says that the books are great for long flights. Now, I don't know how he knew that they were due for a long flight. Um, that's the sort of thing where, I, like I said, I think a lot of these moments in the show are there to ramp up your paranoia, but it's important to drop the paranoia and just appreciate the moment, like Darlene tells us to do earlier in the episode. Yeah, and I mean, look, is it possible because the ingredients are there that it could it could turn south? Sure. If it does, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and I'm I still trust the show to be able to to. to I have so much trust in the show that I'm yeah. not concerned about it. I'm not. It's the kind of thing of like that's the direction it goes, and it's like cool. Thanks. Yep. That feels great. That was a bad choice. Uh, I, I I don't expect that that's what we're getting because we have seen all of Mr. Robot so far. And, right. you know, we feel really good about what we've seen so far. And uh, it would feel really cheap uh, and not in the Ryan Aiken sense. Like that was it would, pretty cheap. It would it would feel it would feel pretty lame uh, in the Ream Daily sense. So I, 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 I don't think I don't think that's what we're getting. I yeah, don't I'm think tired so. of being Ream Daily. I've, yeah. I, I need some happiness here. Uh, I, I, I think Darlene's up, uh, advice to to Dom is what we should focus on. Uh, I think that that is just like a, you don't like your story. You don't like my story. Write your own. Yeah. Like, I think shut the F up and just watch uh, drop the paranoia for a moment. I think that's good advice on this particular episode, even though the paranoia was completely used to put us in a position where we were emotionally manipulated right. up until the end of the episode. Right. And I think that that's why I don't love the episode. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's why like um, the episode I, I respect a lot more than I enjoy it. Uh, I fair. think, I, I think because like, I don't, I don't feel that big, like, um, the, like the pressure valve releasing, uh, the sensation that comes with that, um, does not measure up against all of the material that is poured into making you feel like something nightmarish is about to happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like I think that the, the, the balance of the blade is a little off for me. Um, and, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Uh, it, 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 it kind of doesn't matter that much to me because I still think that with the three hours we've got, uh, and I think, you know, what, what I have laid out just what I laid out a few minutes ago about what I, what business I think we still really have to attend to on the show all of that can be like significantly attended to uh, in three hours. Uh, everything that remains to like that has to be done on Mr. Robot for this to have a satisfying finish for me is 
remarkably possible within three hours. It's Same. frankly close to possible in one. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not concerned at all. I don't mind having the episode that we had here. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if the episode itself landed so well with me. What did land well with me is I love this ending for Dom. Uh, and I love this note for Darlene, as I imagine it is going to be, um, a bit, this, this to me, feels like like this will be the most defining thing about her character in the end game uh, other than how she's going to relate to Elliot but I think as it relates to herself this is the thing uh and I'm happy with that um Antonio before we before we wrap up what else do you want to talk about with this episode I don't think that it's a a huge one that we need to do like the the big 90 minute push on the so just a few things for sure uh and we can get into any other feedback you think uh is still out there uh, from people. We did get a lot of feedback, so I certainly appreciate it. And if you've got anything you want to hit from that, definitely want to want to do that. Uh, but I, I want to talk about a couple things. One, uh, I thought the beginning, the first sequence of the episode with Dom in the hospital, she has clearly talked to the FBI. So they've got a full book of the, the full story of everything that happened. She's going to and she gets to see her moment to close the loop on White Rose, which I thought was great. Uh, she has that moment where she says, uh, oh, that's what he was doing when he was showing me those dresses. He was showing me his true self. Uh, I think it's great for her the cop uh, to have been pursuing all this the whole time to actually get that answer for her character to get that answer. Um, yet another reason why in her blow off episode uh, we, we get a like we get a clear, a clear moment there that I think is shows us that the blow off is probably coming that we're we're tying up loose ends. We're giving her character that moment where the FBI agent gets to see um, the, the lead or the mystery solved. Uh, and that is clear. I think it's great that she got to find that out. Uh, she's told to sleep throughout the episode, right from the beginning, from the FBI agent all the way through. So like I said, the ending where she falls asleep is great. Um, she doesn't have a ride. That's very sad. That's right away. Of course, my mind is on Darlene. Uh, and the, the title card in this episode with the door just closing and opening behind Dom while <laughs> she's awful. stuck in that wheelchair. I mean, that's like, yeah. that, I, it's like a I, purgatory card. Well, that's part of what I mean is like that. That was just like unpleasant to watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just like, you know, like kind of like uh, like skin crawlingly unpleasant to watch that door sliding and opening and sliding and opening again. Uh, so I, I'm not going to find much joy in, revi- <laughs> in revisiting that moment moving forward. It's definitely like just a microaggression of life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah. Again, I appreciate it. Uh, I just don't personally want to. <laughs> want to revisit it anytime soon well it's just another moment in the episode where the tone is interesting it's also interesting tonally when faith hill this kiss comes on when that's what she asks alexa to play faith hill and we get that that tonally is very interesting in that scene uh for them to be talking about what they're talking about i also really liked and for it to be yeah for it to be this kiss and it's built you know that's you you have an expectation with that song uh you have the expectation that that song when you get to the chorus especially especially for how long it's going is going to culminate in the two of them just like MOing hard in the apartment. Uh, and, and instead it's Darlene decking Alexa, you know, <laughs> so, killing Dom's only friend. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like it's an episode that's messing with your expectations all the way through, which again, 
I respect a lot. And I think that a lot of craft goes into that. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, self-confidence and self-assuredness and, um, uh, you know, yeah, just like a, a feeling of like really feeling yourself at this point, uh, goes into the decision to put that song in there and not have it build to, to what you would expect it to build to. Uh, right. that's this entire episode. Definitely. And I, so I, so I really, I like that moment. Uh, I also just, in that vein of expectations and putting things in a certain place and making you think a certain thing will happen and then flipping it on its head, that conversation in the apartment between Dom uh, and, and Darlene, and then the later conversation after Irving has revealed that, you know, they don't have to worry about the Dark Army anymore. I really like that both people have valid points for each other in this moment. That that it isn't always that both characters are right, especially in the airport conversation at the end. But I think that there are points being scored for both people uh, on both on both ends of this throughout their conversations in this episode. I think they what we see is that they're both good for each other on that level, that they both actually help each other, and that they both are able to give each other something. So that even if this relationship doesn't ever get to the this kiss moment where they're MMOing all over hard Budapest. Hard MMOing, hard MMOing. Hard MMOing all over Budapest, uh, which a European MO is very different, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, they're hard MMOing all over Bu- Budapest. They are able to give something to each other and able to take something from their interaction that is very powerful and that is meaningful to them and that they're able to get through to each other on that level. That Darlene is able to get through to Dom in that apartment when Dom says, the FBI has my back. And Darlene's response, the FBI has you under investigation. Good writing. Like, I just really think that that uh, that popped off the screen for me in terms of the conversation. I like Dom saying like, OK, go find if you want to take my underwear, take my underwear. You know, like I just I, I thought that was a really good, good fight scene uh, between the two of them and their interactions throughout where the push and pull I thought was really valuable. The scene with Elliot in the hotel room. So what we're dealing with there is Elliot is looking at clearly the materials that Philip Price has provided him. And if you dig deep, if you pause, or if you do screenshots, what we're finding out is that what White Rose seemingly is working on is a is is something that is theoretical in our world, uh, but could 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 exist that we have contemplated. We've talked a lot on this episode in or on this season or on the sorry on this podcast. Uh, including with uh, your conversations with Corridana in season three, that it certainly is meant to look like a particle accelerator uh, or a particle collider when we see the machine itself in Washington Township. Uh, we know the Large Hadron Collider is a real thing in our world. Uh, what we don't know, uh, if it exists yet, is a very large Hadron Collider, a much bigger and hypothetical version of um, an, an improved performance version of the LHC is the VLHC. That is what Elliot is reading about, is a VLHC, a very large Hadron Collider. What that could do by increasing performance, uh, we have no real idea. Keep in mind that the LHC, as it operates, is changing what we know about physics. It's allowing us to measure things, to look at properties of particles, and to understand science in a way that we have only been able to predict uh, and never been able to quantify or see. Uh, so it is trying to solve the unsolved questions of physics. You can imagine, then, that the 2.0 version of that, 
um, is going to be significant and going to do a lot more. That seems to be what White Rose is working on in an extra national kind of way, outside the bounds of any kind of international oversight, international agreement, the kind of things which might make these things more safe. Uh, White Rose is trying to do it in her own way uh, and therefore to try to make these advances on her own, control them, to do all of these things. That would probably be why the Congo is where she wants the project. So there's a lack of oversight by getting it to a Chinese protectorate. Uh, We remember, of course, that the annexation of the Congo was a huge part of this plan. So that's why White Rose wants this thing there. Um, I don't know what what White Rose is ultimately trying to do with it, but it certainly seems like White Rose is trying to create a world, as she has articulated to Elliot, uh, where your pain is no longer there, where you're able to undo problems. Uh, She's basically trying to hack time, as we've talked about, and hack the world that we live in so that uh, you can undo all of the problems that you faced. We saw the flashback episode this season where we got a little bit of White Rose's backstory and a little bit of an inkling why this might be something that she would be wanting to try to pursue. Uh, Her lover, she lost because they were unable to live publicly the way they were. She has never really been able to live publicly the way that she feels in in, in, in pursuit of the real person that she is. So, of course, she wants to create this world. and she's appealed to people who want to make these changes. But we got that indication of, of what that kind of machine is. And Elliot knows that now going in. So his, his knowledge of that uh, will be significant for sure. Uh, there's also some interesting deep dives. You can track them down on Reddit if you would like about the art that's in the background of Elliot's room uh, in, in the hotel. It, it is, as I think the rest of this uh, stuff that we saw in this episode, it, it may be bait. It may be not. Um, I'm speaking specifically about a post uh, from user made this uh, form Mr. Robot made this for Mr. Robot. Um, it's a painting. Uh, it's Icarus by Matisse. Uh, that's the that's the book. Uh, that's the painting. It is. But it is a cover of a book. Uh, and the cover of a book is about neurosci- neuroscience of trauma and healing. Um, it's definitely relevant to the show. So there, there are these things present throughout the background of the episode that if you really want to get into it, uh, you can do a deep dive. As I said, Mr. Robot constantly has been rewarding us for doing that. Uh, so that was present in the hotel room as well. Um, I've got a few other things, but I'm interested to know if there's any feedback you want to hit. No, I think uh, what, what you were... <laughs> Everything that you're talking about with the with the particle collider and uh, not knowing what something like that is capable of, the fact that physics is changing, like we're an episode away, I would assume, from really opening that up. Yes. And uh, we've been waiting for that for so long, man. What's next week even going to look like on the podcast? <laughs> you know, like it's so hard to predict. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about where we are with Mr. Robot. I'll say that in terms of uh, in terms of some feedback, we'd gotten this from Adam saying, is SML going to Game of Thrones this thing? Only three hours left. And yet so many unanswered questions that he opened up. Uh, the other one, time travel, etc. Episode 10 could have done more. Oh, well. Uh, and my answer to that is I think like, I know that these are big, heady concepts, but I I think that we probably can really get into them in these next three hours. And what's more, I think because of these concepts being what they are, I think that we're going to have to be left to feel comfortable to some degree with questions still in the air. Uh, 
I've really grown accustomed to that level of storytelling, and I'm pretty okay with it. Um, but I'm so excited for the show to nakedly ask those questions, you know, like to like get that out there into the into the language of the show. Uh, I like found myself just like sitting here listening to you talk about everything that could be in Washington Township, just being like, ah, oh, it's so close. Uh, I can't wait to see. <laughs> I didn't hear you making those noises, but I like to know that you were. I muted my good. microphone. I yeah, muted my microphone. That's good. Yeah. The we it talked also sound a little something like oh, oh, Long Johnson. We oh talked, my god, uh, we talked. Uh, that was the cat, uh, the yeah. famous Long Johnson cat. Yes. We talked uh, not Big Wet Billy. That's a different cat. We talked um, on this podcast about how we could foresee a uh, because Mister Robot the show has the built-in conceit of Elliot allowing us to see the world in a different way. I think what we get next episode is some form of White Rose and Elliot talking about what this project is. I think that seems to be being teased. Um, we did not get a scene. I would have liked to have seen at least one scene in this episode with White Rose escaping. That would have been fine. I would like to have seen that so that I know that she's out there on the board somewhere. I'm just going to assume that's the case. Yeah, I don't need that. I think that the the ending of uh, of of conflict uh, where she's putting on the makeup and uh, you know uh, all hell's breaking loose in her manner. Um, that is a like the the level of calm and and chill. You know, she's got the three C's on lock in that moment, right? Uh, cool, and- calm, and collective. And, you know, that was, yeah, that's the successor to the Deus Group, the Cool Calm Collective. Uh, the fact that she has that on display the way that she does and the body of work that we have seen from White Rose in the past is all that I need to know to know that she escapes that situation. I don't need to see how she escapes that situation. That way lies uh, Tom Garvey busting out of Holy Wayne's compound. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't need that. Uh, it's, en- it's enough to know that she's going to get out of there. Well, I mean, uh, the only reason I would have liked to have seen it is because I, I just would like to know that where where the pieces are on the board in that regard. But I'm assuming that Elliot and White Rose will have a face-to-face conversation. And what we will get, which we've talked about, is some form of, maybe not It's a Wonderful Life, but some form of an alternate reality dream of Elliot's. Like, okay, let me indulge this for a minute. If we are on the same side, if White Rose and I are on the same side, and look, I got her money, so I got the upper hand. I won that battle. I took care of the 1% of the 1%. Now I got to take care of myself, and I got to deal with this machine. I know what it, she's trying to do. And I got to make this choice for myself that I'm not going to undo my pain, that I'm not going to undo the things that have been done to me, that I, that I am a product of everything I've lived through. And to, to, to turn the, the clock back on that, or even to try, uh, would mean that I'm not who I am. And it would mean that I'm not the, that I don't have the strength that Vera told me that I have, that I don't have what I have and that my life would be different. I think we're going to see some form of, Elliot pursuing that in our two hour, our two part finale. I think next week we'll talk about it. We'll get to see Elliot dealing with some of his past and, and maybe confronting Washington Township, getting there, uh, remembering more things. And then that will lead to the moment where he has to decide if he wants to be with White Rose's side and try to pursue this or not. I think we're going to see some form of that in the finale, what that would look like. And I think he will ultimately make the decision not to do it. Uh, and I think that may be done in concert with Darlene. It may not. Uh, I think that's where we will end, though. And so I do think we have enough time to answer that in terms of time travel, in terms of the other. I think all those things can come out in three hours very yep. cleanly um, the way that in some form like we're just talking about. Uh, of course, it'll probably be something very different, but I'm still confident that it will all be covered for sure. 
Yeah, million percent agreed. Um, Antonio, we're looking ahead and we're looking at 411 is the next episode. And we're apparently moving away from the uh, the 400 error code uh, pattern that has structured the episode titles so far. Uh, the trailer for next week's episode uh, labels it as uh, 411 exit uh, with the with the E-I-T lowercase and the X is a big fat X. Okay. Do you, Do you make anything of that? No, I mean, it seems like leet speak or like hacker speak again uh, in terms of that stylized title. I don't know why we went away from the error codes. Maybe we fixed the error. Like maybe it that would have been uh, length required was going to be the name uh, if we'd stuck with the error code. And I don't know. I don't know what we're getting into if we're going there. I don't know either. And I don't I don't uh, I will not uh, deign to duck down to three levels lower and make a joke. Uh, but I will say that uh, I'm glad we're, we're, we're changing it. Uh, exit is interesting. Maybe the exit that will be offered to Elliot uh, is an opportunity to exit uh, the world as we know it. Uh, and to Josh, how many uh, shows are we going to cover now that in their final season deal with a character deciding whether to use a machine or not? I think a lot. Is my guess. What if it's every show that we cover ends in some sort of uh, machine-based sci-fi choice? I think Can it's we a, limit a, our coverage to only that. I think it, I mean that requires a certain amount of uh, of clairvoyance that I believe you and I both possess. Yeah. Uh, so I believe that yes, we'll be able to to, to uh, make that happen. For is that uh, sure. was clairvoyance in the same class with Ken Cisco? Or no? yeah, they were they were uh, they were going steady uh, in. <laughs> oh. In uh, 12th grade. Damn. Uh, they, they broke up before college, but I, I hear they're still friends. Oh, the damn broke. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, speaking of machines that don't work, uh, the drink machine not taking DDP's dollar is, for me, yet another... <laughs> Like it's another foreboding sign. It's like, oh, you're. It's like the dog not wanting. Nothing's to talk working. To that yeah, and the departed. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm bad here. Like I'm broken. Uh, and again, the leftovers, another connection. So, it's there. I also thought there was a connection to another show, uh, Sam Esmail show. Elliot's never been on a road trip. I am reminded of the great homecoming from Amazon, uh, where a character has never been on a road trip and that's plotted out as, and it's a discussed, a discussed point between two yep. characters and it affects the end game. Uh, so the fact that they've never been on a road trip is interesting. And get that uh, SPK, those, those sour patch kids. Gotta get the SPKs. Leon is watching the land before time again, more <laughs> trolling, I think. I yeah. love Joey Badass was so great. Uh, and I would love to see, uh, you, you off air mentioned the spinoff the, uh, the, that would be that this is this is perfect i would love to see the mercenary spinoff around leon and with the potential role for darlene obviously uh leon says he'll see us the next episode i don't think he'll be in it but i i i think we could see leon uh, again on a, a, some sort of mr robot spinoff that would be great i think so uh i guess it, it all depends on like is mr robot going to end in some way where we're questioning reality to some to to a certain degree which i'm okay with um and if that but if that is the note that we go in then i then i hope it's a a, a closed loop you know like i i hope that we're never coming back to this well uh because that that to me if that, if that's how esmail wants us to 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 leave this show kind of deciding for ourselves where we are when we are what we're looking at um then that's always the hallmark to me of like I I think we probably need to let this lie. Uh, so I I don't know if that, if that's the direction we go in that I'm I'm cool with the Leon spinoff. But if it if it's more of an open and shut case with the Elliot story and that's like a pretty obvious where we landed on. Um, I think that I'm game to see the further adventures of like Leon the Dark Army Ronin just wandering the world. He it, it, he was just really funny, uh, and the idea that he's a business S corp just 
really good performance. And I, I think that you think Leon's my real name was a really good la- The way that he delivered that line really landed. Uh, I thought that was just uh, all really good stuff. Uh, I don't know if this was a big Lebowski shout out, but, uh, the name that is on Dar- that, that is on Dom's passport is Jackie Doublehorn. Uh, in the big Lebowski, there's a character, Jackie Treehorn. Uh, I don't know if there's a connection there, but I certainly, uh, was, uh, it pinged on my Lebowski radar. Um, not on my Lebowski radar, but speaking of like Blood Simple or uh, the work, like the the Leon forgets that he shot four people until Dom reminds him of the barn. Irving, on the other hand, does not forget. Uh, when Santiago is brought up uh, and, uh, and Dom is scared, Irving's reaction is so great. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> this is still the guy. Like, yeah. regardless of his beach towel success and regardless of the fact that he is a cardboard standee famous, but in last name only famous to the world, uh, he is still a dark, dark man. And that for that to be his last one, his last moment on the show there, right in his last moment. Really good. Great cameo. So even though it was weird, I loved it. Uh, in the Hall of Notes, Hall of Notes made a, an appearance here. Uh, again, this, these are these moments where if you're watching the show, we got an email from Jennifer Layton and Jennifer said, when Leon played wait for me in the car, I sat straight up because that's been my favorite Hall of Notes song ever since I first heard it on the radio when I was a kid. That song led me to becoming a, Hall, a huge Hall & Oates fan all through the 80s, collecting all their albums. When Leon played the song, I went back in time to when I was a teenager. Time travel. Holy crap, I time traveled. That's Sam's way of foreshadowing that we're going to have time travel in the show before it's all over. Uh, that's funny. Uh, ja- Jennifer says, seriously, if I were a betting woman, I'd bet the contents of my e-coin wallet on this. Jennifer, I'll take those contents. That's fine. Yeah, Hopefully, it's, uh, it's uh, roughly 20K. Yeah, that would be the much better version. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, obviously, I said I'm all for the redistribution of wealth. If there are any billionaires in our audience, uh, hit us up. Hit us up. We'll take some. Yeah, no, we'll take your money for sure. If you want to give it to us, Uh, we'll definitely take it. We'll be pretty happy. We we can be bought. Yeah, we can be bought. Uh, We'll we'll say whatever you want us to say. Uh, (laughs) We won't talk about upstate New York. That's not for sale. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm also not going to podcast about the strain. We're not going to do a strain down down the Strigoi. Is not happening. Listen, if a billionaire hit us up and wanted, no, I would do it. I would do it. Yeah, for a billion bucks, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I would do. I would do like. uh, I would do a full uh, watch through of the strain. I have some principles, but that's not one of them. No, and I would. I would do it. I would do the full watch through, and I would do like a second watch through of the strain as well. I would even probably pretend to like the third. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We would do Zach rankings. Anything else about Mr. Robot you want to no, talk about? Man. Josh? No, no, Strigoi, <laughs> Strigoi. Uh, no, I'm I'm excited for where we're going next. Uh, I think that we we had a good conversation about an episode that I know uh, landed with some divisiveness uh, among the the fan base, uh, which is fine. That's going to happen from time to time. Um, I don't think that there are any cardinal sins committed in this episode. Uh, I will change my mind on that. Uh, if uh, we like really veer very far away from what happened in this episode, um, but as it stands, I'm I'm pretty good with where we are, uh, and I'm really good with where we are as we're as we're looking down the barrel here. Three hours of Mr. Robot remaining, just two weeks or so left uh, of of Mr. Robot, and we're gonna we're gonna have a recap coming your way for 411. We'll have a recap coming your way for that final two parter. Uh, and Antonio, I'm gonna I'm I'm getting the hell out of Dodge fairly quickly after that, so we'll have to figure out how to scramble. Get on a plane? To, yeah, I am. I'm nervous now. Uh, we're gonna have to figure out how to do some <laughs> form of feedback show news. Uh, maybe before I leave, we'll we'll talk about that offline. Um, so probably just three episodes of the Mister Robot podcast remaining. 
Wow. Yeah. It's a killer it's ride. Done. Killer ride. Killer ride. So we'll figure out what we're doing next. Of course, Antonio uh, Antonio and I were also wrapping up uh, a different show that we've been podcasting about over at Series Regular on The Hollywood Reporter. Our Watchmen coverage is about to, to come to an end as the first season of Damon Lindelof's Watchmen on HBO is about to air its finale. Uh, if you've been watching The Watchmen or if you're interested in watching The Watchmen, go watch The Watchmen and go listen to The Watchmen Series Regular podcast. If you like what we do here on The Mr. Robots, you'll definitely like what we're doing on the Watchmen. Uh, follow Antonio. He's on Twitter. He's at Hayes AC Mazzaro. I almost said Hayseed Mazzaro, and I think hey, I actually it's Hayseed Mazzaro. Yeah, Hayseed Mazzaro. Uh, I'm at Round Howard, uh, like Ron Howard, but a little bit rounder. Uh, and make sure that you're sending all of your feedback for us over at Post Show Recaps as well on Twitter. We also have the email address mrrobot at postshowrecaps.com. Subscribe to what we're doing if you have not done so already. For our Apple feed, it's postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Uh, you can find us on your podcast app of choice as well if you do not use the Apple. Anything else, Antonio? No, that's it. I, I do want to thank everybody who reached out to us individually and collectively, uh, talking about uh, really just uh, understanding and connecting with Darlene's anxiety uh, at the airport uh, and having to process moments like that in their own lives. Uh, so I, I certainly appreciate all. Yeah, the it isn't easy. It was that was a very real scene. That was a very real scene. Uh, super, she's, super. She's real. great. She's so good. Carly Chicken's awesome. Yeah, I, I was so happy with how she performed that. It was just like it. It, it felt like. That was one of the most like resonant moments of the entire series for me. So, so big ups to that. Uh, we'll be back talking 411 real soon here on the Mr. Robot Podcast. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.